Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. Today is a solo episode and I'm going to be walking you through the seven steps in my onboarding process. This is a pretty common question I get through the Facebook group as well as on social media about how to kick off a project to get it going on the right foot and in a positive direction to really impress your clients, set the tone for how your working relationship is going to be, and then of course continue on the project and absolutely kill it. So in this episode, I'll walk you through those seven steps and give you some pointers along the way as well as reference some past episodes so you can get some more information on those topics and we will jump right into it here we go Kiss my aesthetic branding marketing entrepreneurship you're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, brand designer, creative, and social media junkie, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co. And I'm here to share strategies, hacks, and know-how on branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship for the online-minded small business owner. In this podcast, I'll be sharing interviews, solo episodes, and even more to help you up-level your brand by turning your visions into visuals and connecting with your ideal audience online. Let's get to today's episode. First and foremost, the onboarding process is something that I've worked on over the last six years. So I will start with a huge disclaimer to say, this is by no means the way you have to do it. This is just what works best for me and the way that's been the best workflow on behalf of my clients to make sure that nothing falls through the cracks and everything kicks off with a great start. So just keep in mind that by no means do you have to copy this process or is this standard. This is just what's been working best for me and something that I've perfected over the last six or so years, which as you guys know on the podcast, I love to share uh, because these are the resources I wish that I had when I was starting off as a newbie designer. Um, and it's really useful to hear it from someone who is maybe just a few steps ahead of you. So that's the reason why this podcast is existing in the first place and this episode as well uh, to really kind of give you some more context or at least get your gears going as how you could be doing things differently in your design business or any freelance business for that matter. The onboarding process, what I'm actually referring to is all of the steps that take place in order to kick off a new project. So when I was a baby, baby designer and just starting out, I did not have this process at all. Someone would email me or find me on Instagram, say, hey, I want to work with you. And I'd say, great, let's start working tomorrow. I wouldn't have any kind of process, any kind of onboarding situation for them at all. I would just kind of start. That's fine, but that doesn't really help to set the tone or create any structure for the project. And you really lack in that the ability to build out your timeline or build out your pipeline as a business owner. So having an onboarding process for me helps to map out when I can take on a new project and also gives the client the expectations of what I will need from them in order to get going on their project. So first and foremost, I will say a great onboarding process starts with great lead generation. Lead generation is a topic that we could talk about in depth, but if you want more information about getting new clients and things like that, then you'll definitely want to talk to or reference back to episode 22 with Jessica Marks, uh, Secrets to Better Sales and Creating Great Lead Generation and Great Rapport with Your Ideal Client Online so that it's a done deal, they want to work with you, they have the budget, they know it's expected. So having great social media allows me to drive people to my services page on my website as well as my contact form. Those are steps two and three. So first, great social media, great online presence, wonderful. Second, 
the contact form and the services page. So the services page will lay out the services that I offer, what the deliverables are, what the timeline looks like, and the price point. Having my prices listed on my website hugely changed my process because it helped to weed out the people that weren't serious or didn't have the budget to work with me. And it also saved me time on having to create custom quotes every opportunity that somebody came to me. Now I have everything templated. We'll get into that in a second. The third thing is the contact form. So www.mkwcreative.co slash contact. This is where someone can submit the details of their project for consideration. So every button on my services page says, let's get started. Let's do this thing, whatever. Those all lead to the contact form where they can select which service they're interested in, as well as give information about their mission, their vision, their company name, their website, their timeline, their budget, etc. The contact form is really just the bare bones of their project. Once I have this information, it gives me enough context to have the kickoff call. So step one, social. Step two, services page. Step three, contact form. The contact form I designed on my Squarespace website. So you can use the forms function. I have it back up to a Google Drive. So I have a database and then I can get that contact information via email. So when someone submits the contact form on my website, it also sends an email direct to me saying new project submission, these are the details, and I can kind of once over the whole thing and see if it's going to be a good fit. Once the client submits the contact form, they get prompted with my calendar link. So it says, thanks so much for submitting this contact form. I'd love to talk to you more about your project. Please book a time for a discovery call here. And it will give them a link to get onto my calendar to have a discovery call. I think discovery calls are really important because it gives you an opportunity to hear the client from their perspective describe their project and see if there are any major red flags. I talk about this in uh, my brand questionnaire episode, which is episode number 23. I've talked about this before on the podcast of how you want to kind of build in those booby traps, those opportunities, the red flag identifiers, so to speak, to know if a client's going to be a good fit or not. So the discovery call is usually between 15 and 30 minutes and the best advice I could possibly give you in the onboarding process when it comes to discovery calls is let them talk first. So kick off the call saying in this call, what I want to cover is what you're looking for help with. And I'd love to hear from the first person perspective of tell me about your business and what you've done so far. And then I can explain about how I work and we can see if we can work together. So giving them the mic first also lets you measure how serious they are about moving forward. If they can describe exactly what they're looking for succinctly and coherently and wonderfully describe their business, then that to me is a really good indication of someone I want to work with. If they get on the phone and absolutely ramble and make zero sense and are jumping from idea to idea to idea, or they're complaining about the last designer they worked with, or they say that they're collecting a lot of quotes, all this other stuff, those are really good red flag indicators for me. So those are going, oop, watch out, maybe not, maybe they're not so serious, let's get some more information. Once the client's kind of wrapped up what they have to say about their business, that's when I like to launch into how I work. So I say I work with a team and we all collaborate together on a project management software called Basecamp. The turnaround time is about XYZ. The Based on what you're telling me about your business, I would recommend ABC kind of project scope and here's what the next steps would be. 
I always try to end that call with when I will follow up with them. This is something I think that gets really overlooked on discovery calls is give them what the expectations will be for how to perpetuate this project forward. So after I've let them explain about their business, I've told them about how my business works and how the design process goes. Then I will end the call with, why don't I go ahead and send you a recap email about everything we discussed, as well as a link to an estimate for your project. So if you are a newbie freelancer, there's a difference between an estimate and an invoice. An estimate is an estimation of what you think things will cost. An invoice is the actual payable bill. An estimate is really to give them an idea of what their costs will be based on what you talked about. Invoice is what's actually payable. So in that follow-up email, I will include some notes saying it sounds like your project is yada, 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 and you're looking for blah, blah, blah service. Here is an estimate for that service, and I will include a hyperlink estimate. So the invoicing software I use is called Harvest, H-A-R-V-E-S-T. We will link it in the show notes because I have a link for you if you want to check it out. It's a time tracking and invoicing software that also allows you to send estimates. So part of my onboarding process is having those estimates templated. So I have an estimate for my full service brand design. I have an estimate for Brandini. I have an estimate for social media. And when I get that new client discovery call finished, I want to go into Harvest, duplicate that estimate, customize it for the client based on what we talked about, and then send them a link to review. So in that email, we've got the recap of what we talked about. We have the estimate link for them to approve, and then I'll outline the next steps. The next steps, after someone's talked to me on the phone and they've reviewed the notes in the email, is to first and foremost accept the estimate. So on the estimate link, there's a big, huge green accept button. Once someone hits accept, it will send me an email to say so-and-so accepted their estimate. I take this as the green light to start the onboarding process with Basecamp. So Basecamp, this is like step number seven of the onboarding process. And this is really the big, could probably be its own episode uh, topic because Basecamp is the project management software that I use, like I said. And inside of Basecamp, there will be the continued to-dos for the client. So they get the email from me saying, thanks so much for talking to me today on your discovery call. Here's what we talked about. Here's the estimate to your project, roughly what it's going to cost. Here's the next steps. Once you've hit accept on the estimate, please go ahead and be on the lookout for an email from Basecamp. Basecamp will be the project management software we use. Inside your Basecamp folder, you will get a link to your service agreement to sign and return. You will get a link to the first invoice. So again, difference between an estimate and an invoice. You'll get a link to the first invoice, which is payable for your project. I like to do 50% upfront, 50% by the end of the project, or sometimes 100% upfront, depends on the scope of the project. And then they'll get also a link to a Google Doc brand questionnaire. You guys remember this from episode number 23, everything in my brand questionnaire. This is a Google Doc. It ends up being the brainstorm, the kickoff of their project. And that's where they can put in all of those big juicy details about what they're actually starting about their business. Then they'll also get a link to book a brand questionnaire review call with me. So they've got their service agreement, invoice links, brand questionnaire, and link to book the first call with me once their brand questionnaire is finished. So this is a great process because what happens now is this client has, okay, now I've accepted the estimate. Great. We can get rolling on my project even if I'm pushed out a few weeks from my start date. So when I'm in Basecamp, I even label my projects starting with the start date of their project 
then the scope of the project, and then the client name. Because then I can see as cards how many clients I currently have active and when I should be scheduling out the next start dates. Um, based on my own workload, based on where projects are, if they're finishing up, just kicking off, etc. It's a great way to kind of measure out your own exertion on projects because you can see everything all at once. So then also the client knows that they have this to-do list to work through in order for us to get their project started. So if I'm saying, okay, I've got a February 1 start date, there's still those four to-dos assigned to the client, service agreement, invoice, brand questionnaire, first call, that they can be working on until we actually kickstart with design. So that's also a big selling point that I like to say on the discovery call is, okay, even if I'm booking out six or eight weeks in advance, there's plenty of to-dos between now and then that can get your project rolling and get you thinking about it so we can really step into design from square one. So to recap, all the way from the top of the onboarding process, first, it starts with great lead generation from social media, of course, pointing people to the exact links that you want them to go to in order to work with you gives you creative control over the project and asserts yourself as the expert. Two, the services page. Having a services page that lines up exactly what the deliverables are and how they're going to get them, what the price point is, etc. is really helpful. You can also reference the services page on that first discovery call, weigh out the pros and cons, answer any questions based on the services page. Highly, highly recommend having a well-thought-out services page. Third step, contact form. Then they've reviewed the services page. Great. I want to move forward. Fill out the contact form. Add in any of the details about the project. Give me a brief overview. Just enough information to hop into a discovery call. The discovery call is super important because you want to give them an opportunity to talk first. Let them tell you about what they want and then use their own verbiage to explain to them what you've been able to do in the past and how you think you could help them best moving forward. On that discovery call, I also like to explain a bit about how I work. Here's my opportunity to say, this is how the process goes. Here's my experience. Here's how I think I can help you. Here's the general timeline you're looking at for this kind of project, etc. Set the tone from the get-go right on that first discovery call. And always, always, always end the discovery call with an anticipation of the next steps. The next steps after the discovery call are the follow-up email and the actual onboarding to Basecamp. In the follow-up email, I like to include a recap of whatever we talked about, a link to an estimate, not an invoice, an estimate for what their project cost is going to be, and then also outline next steps. You'll get invited to Basecamp. Inside Basecamp, you will find your service agreement, your invoice, your brand questionnaire, and the next call link. You can work on all of these things until we actually kick off your project on your project start date. Really looking forward to working with you. Super excited. Everything's amazing. Sunshine and rainbows. Great. That's the whole onboarding process. Those are the seven steps that I kind of take or lead someone through to getting to work with me. And I'm hoping that this was helpful to you. Again, the tools that I'm using for this, Squarespace forms for that contact form, Squarespace hosts my website, a prompt for my calendar, which is on Calendly, C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y. We've got a follow-up with email, of course, Gmail, G Suite. Inside of that is the estimate from Harvest. And then lastly, it's Basecamp. Basecamp is a project management tool. I've got a Basecamp episode coming down the pipeline for you guys for me to explain exactly why I love it so much and why I think you should be using it for your design business. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I will make sure that Berta has the links to include in the show notes should you want to use any of those programs or get more information about them. 
And of course, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to join the Kiss My Aesthetic Facebook group and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. For more information, please visit mkwcreative.co slash kmapod or follow along on every social media channel at mkwcreative.co. Also, don't forget to join the Facebook group by the same name, Kiss My Aesthetic, and to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Catch you next time.